Hello, friends. On today's episode of Life After High School, I sit down to talk to my buddy, John Lalone, about how to start a business at a young age. Now, John is one of the amazing owners of Session Rides in Sudbury, Ontario. We talk a lot about business, talk about how he got his start in business, how he moved out west, what he learned out west, and how he was able to transfer what he learned into making an amazing business in his hometown. So if that interests you guys, please stay tuned and enjoy the show. It's the Life After High School Podcast. Awesome. What's up, John? How you been, buddy? Welcome to the welcome to the show. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I appreciate your time a lot, and I look forward to hearing all about your story. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks, Quick. thanks. Yeah, man. So, uh, then kick us off then. So, you tell us about your whole, like, your business adventures going from somebody who graduated high school to, I know you moved out west, in your yeah. story in there, you worked out west, you worked in Sudbury, <laughs> and then now you own, in my opinion, the best bike repair shop in the city. Probably north, probably Ontario, maybe northern Ontario for sure as well. So uh, I'm sure, I'm sure we'll get to that. Uh, That's a pretty big aspirations, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been fun. Yeah, we um, I said graduated high school a little while ago, and um, when I graduated high school, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So we, uh, I kind of. Stayed in Sudbury. Ended up getting a job at a local shop, Technical uh, Sports at the time, and they've since closed. But it's a cool little shop. And I worked for him for I don't know, probably four years, and then uh, set my sights out west. I had a buddy who was supposed to go out west with me after high school, but he uh, he actually ended up pursuing uh, some other stuff, and then it didn't end up working out for him. So he came back to me. He's like, "Yo, you still want to go out west?" I was like, yeah, I do. Like, so yeah. we uh, we dropped everything and uh, moved out west. And um, not really having a place to go, an idea of what we wanted to do, where we wanted to end up, or whatever. And mm-hmm. uh, we found Revelstoke. And uh, we, just, we drove in. We're like, guys, this place looks all right. And uh, found a, we found a, find a house, rented a house. Didn't even have jobs yet. <laughs> then uh, uh, kind of figured we could get a gig. And I ended up getting a gig at a, at a, a procedure shop out there, uh, Scuba. And uh, that's when everything kind of changed me. You go from, you know, working in super small town shop to working in the big shops and um i always said so in bike shop world and retail whatever you've got this catalog and let's say it's 500 pages just bikes accessories and parts yeah. and all that stuff uh in Sudbury, when i was working at pinnacle we'd use like six pages right it was like these are the bikes available in Sudbury, right and uh just what was up what's up with the rest of the book right like what's, what are these about so moved to bc thinking you know what we're gonna explore the rest of the stuff not just on the bike side but on the ski side as well mm-hmm. and um it ended up being pretty dope it was a crazy time like totally up the chain like the bike was incredible the skiing it's the best place to ski in the world as far as i've been told uh not, I've skied a lot of places, but that's definitely the best I've skied. But I have friends that I met out there that were from the Alps and that were from um, all over the place. And that's where those guys go to get their recreational time. So anyways, nice. good, good time. And I uh, ended up coming back and working. It's kind of a funny story. I uh, I moved back semi-temporarily. <laughs> it, was, it was rolling into September. I had a job lined up to move to Kelowna. So nice. that was the closest big city to Revelstoke. Um, I had business school lined up. I was going to go into marketing. Nice. And then I had my aunt had a place in Kelowna. She was going to, um, she was going to let me live in the granny suite for free. <laughs> and I had nice. um, a, a management job lined up at one, a local shop who was oh, even bigger right. than Skookum. Wow. So they wanted to hire me on. But they said, hey, John, you know, listen, I, I just brought a bunch of guys in for the winter season. I can't hire you now because I just got all these guys. 
well, I kind of need a gig. Yeah. Like, well, I can hire you in February. Like, fuck, what am I going to do? Like, yeah, this is September. Fall. Right? Yeah. yeah, this is fall. September. We're going to fall. Season pass at Revy's like a grand. I have a ski bum. I ain't got yeah. money. <laughs> what am I going to do? So I, uh, anyways, I ended up saying, fuck it, I'll move back home. Nice. And uh, I'll move back home. I'll stay back home for a couple months because I'm probably going to be out west rest of my life. And I came back home. And when I came back home, uh, I started doing some pickup work for Adrian again. Yeah. And started applying some of the stuff that I learned when I was out west. And, uh, you know, I'm trying, trying it and, um, you know, trying the different boot fit tactics, trying to talk about um, skis the way we talked about skis when we were out west, but talking about it in separate a small shop. And uh, it caught. It started catching on. And as it started catching on, we were like, you know what? Maybe this could work. And then Adrian made it known that he was kind of looking to retire and get out of the game. So when he retired, we opened up our shop, kind of timed it properly. And uh, nice. away we went. It was like a no turning back. But it was it was a, a chain of events all the way through that kind of made it so that it all kind of happened that way. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was pretty cool. I like that. I like that a lot. What do you feel was the biggest challenge throughout that whole Throughout, throughout your timeline that you just uh, told me, what was the biggest challenge you had to, or hurdle you had to jump through? Mm, I'd say moving out west. Yeah. Um, it's funny. So, and I was talking about, people always ask me, like, you know, John, you're 23, you open up a business. How'd you, why'd you do that? How'd you do that? How could you do that? Like, yeah. that's a big move. It's not, it's not, it's so easy. And you can call up a company. You can convince this guy to send you some stuff and you can convince this guy to rent you a unit and you get 60 bucks to pay for a, like a CRA account and a business account. You, you can open a business. It's, it's not hard. It's, it's the jumping in the water and jumping off the dock that really, it's the hard part. But I did that first when I was 19 or 20, when I moved to BC. Mm-hmm. And you, when you get in the car and you start driving, you just don't really know where you're going, but you don't really care. And you start driving and then you realize that it is all just kind of going to be fine. Right? It doesn't yeah. really matter. Right? And that like your security systems and your support systems that you have back home, whereas they're, they're super, super awesome. Like you can just do whatever you want. And then being out West, not having anyone like my buddy so calvin one of my closest friends yeah. he um uh, he was out there for the winter and then he left after the winter and i stayed for the summer and after that like, so i'm out there solo and you start really losing it, dude i could do whatever i want like, literally like there is no yeah there is no consequences there is no nothing right i could i could go be a homeless person if i wanted to i could right. go in quit this job and do this to do this and do that there's no like outside uh no one looking at me saying you're expected to uphold this level of whatever. Right. There's no expectations. Exactly. So we, um, that was a big thing for me. And once you kind of learn to remove all that stuff, everything else became a little easier, right? Like it's, you know, what do I want to do? Well, I want to open a business. So I opened a business. Like it was pretty, pretty cut and dry after that. Once you kind of already mill away all the small stuff before on all the hesitations, like that was a big thing. Now, with that, then, what do you tell people? I'd assume they'd come to you often, but when they're maybe an example in the shop, they're coming up to you and they want to go to a certain trail or to a certain city and or a certain park and try out what kind of rides that they have there and sessions that they have there and um, figure out kind of what works for them and they want to commit in like full send, for lack of a better uh, word. But um, yeah, what do you tell them 
about like, how do you instill confidence in people who want to go take the extra step in their riding? Like in biking or in life? Yeah, it could be both. Let's do both. Well, biking, you got to ride people better than you. I guess it's, I guess you could say one and the same. Um, it's a lot to surround yourself with, but in biking, the best way to get better riding, better snowboarding, better that kind of stuff, you got to go people better than you. It's the same thing in jiu-jitsu, right? Yeah. Like, people train, like you get, you get good by getting your ass kicked all day. Yeah. Um, and it's just the way it is, right? You get good trying, get trying to keep up. You get good trying to keep the pace. Um, in business, it's, it's a little different. You got to be passionate. Yeah. Right. That's the number one thing. You got to be passionate. You got to really care what you're doing. Uh, you have to understand your environment. And that's why it really worked out for me being able to, you know, work in Sudbury for the amount of years I worked in and then move to BC, get the expertise and then come back and open up in Sudbury. Because if I would open up a shop in BC, I'd say I moved to Kelowna and uh, a month later I decided to open up a shop in Kelowna. Well, I don't know Kelowna. Right. I don't know right. what kind of landscape to have. I don't know what kind of bikes to have. Like, you know, in Sudbury, I know what size of bikes guys ride. I know right. what down to the like t-shirt size. We're buying t-shirts. I know what kind of t-shirts to buy because yeah. we, we just have, we understand. So mm-hmm. it makes a big difference knowing your landscape, knowing your environment, knowing your crowd. Um, sounds like a pretty easy thing, easy answer, but yeah, you got to have your ear to the ground, right? You got to be right. part of the community. You have to be doing events you have to be involved right, right. Um, you know you see these uh, clothing shops or whatever it is that just open up especially walk in the door but you ain't owed anything you gotta go and get it so right. it's, uh, business is a little different um, but yeah I mean you got you got to know you have to know who you're selling stuff to uh, if you don't know and you're just expecting to build something it'll never happen I like that a lot that, uh, that describes that best, I think is the example of your passion where you guys are able to go out and create these events. And, um, on that, what events do you guys typically, uh, put on? I'm uh, for people who don't know. We do summer and winter events. So in the summer we work extensively with the Walden mountain bike club. Um, they're the club outside of the, outside of the, just outside of the town. We call them the Wall Mountain Bike Club, but in reality, they are the Mountain Bike Club for Sudbury. Right. So they, they run out of the Walden Trail system out in, towards Lively, yep. but they, a lot of the members do a lot of the maintenance and work throughout all the trail systems in town. And this club kind of is the house for everything. So we're at the gate. We, we really want to support them. So we, we help them with the group rides. Um, we help them on the board as much as they, as much as we can. Um, we sponsor any event. If they ever needed any sponsor, that was coming to us. We're always helping them out. Nice. Um, like just trying to push the scene that way. And then when we show up to events, we try to bring uh, our tents and our stuff. And our, we bring our reps up and we bring brands up and bikes up just to try to blow it up a bit. And then we have, you know, our athletes and ambassadors. And we bring them all with us and um, try to pump the events up as much as we can for them. So right. we do quite a bit of that. Um, we also work, we have our own group rides. So we'll run, uh, we're this last summer, this summer is a little different because of COVID. Um, but last summer we ran a, a weekly gravel group ride, nice. which was um, it's funny because it's a, a newer style of biking, newer discipline, um, kind of like that mountain bike, super chill attitude but can appeal to road cyclists or fitness freaks or whoever else, but kind of has that laid back feel. So okay. that's so, really well. Yeah, I bet. Tell, uh, tell me then how did that kind of get started? Like how did, how did that trend kind of formulate? Um, how, well, the, our ride formulated because of one of my staff members, Kelly, who's 
pretty nice. fucking unbelievable. Uh, if I'm gonna yeah. be honest, he's he's pretty good. So he came with this ton of passion, um, like super positive attitude, heavy road athlete, like goes all out of his way to do all these races up in Northern Ontario, just yeah. cleans up. Anyways, he's working for us and he starts riding gravel and he wanted to kind of start doing group ride. want to start making something happen. We're like, okay, well, here's the deal, man. We'll, we'll run the ride. We'll, we'll go get the insurance. We'll get all this. Take you, you just do you. So he shows up, his first ride, just a couple people, just a couple friends. That's it. Show up his second ride, there's a couple more, a couple more. And then we run, we run a ride out of the local brewery. I had a spacecraft. Yeah. Like, okay, hey, we'll meet a spacecraft. We're gonna go rip around like these. Like, Professor Woodcock came out to this one. Like, nice. we ended up having like thirty some people come up wow. to this group ride, and we we're like, shit, <laughs> what are we gonna do? Like, it's, it's a lot of people. So yeah, uh, it's a, it's it's a the new discipline is just a it's a better way to blend both um, mountain bikers and road cyclists. So we get a lot of people out. So that's okay. good. So we do a lot of events with them, and then um, heading into the winter, we work with Boogie Mountain. Right. We, do, we do events with Adnac as well, which is a local mm-hmm. hill here in right. town, but it's city run. Uh, we, we're very good friends with the events coordinator and with um, the guy running Adnac. Mm-hmm. So we were able to kind of run some stuff when we can, but there's a lot of bureaucracy and some stuff going on there. With the city, so, yeah, yeah just, just takes time, which is cool. Right. We're, we're ironing some stuff out, but we work with Boogie because they're a little more like loose. Yeah. Um, they let us. They let us do some stuff. They they have their insurance stuff dialed in. They're like, right, let's we call them. Right. They call their guy. They go, yeah, we can do this. We can do this. We can do this. So yeah. we've run pond skims out there. We're running across water. We've run big air comps. We've run all that kind of stuff. So right, we as many events as we can. I mean, we're we're like at a point now where it's that takes a lot of work too. So we need a guy to help us do that. Um, it's it's the whole event side of the business is like. It's a lot, right? Like a lot yeah. of different events, a lot of opportunities, a lot of things people want, right? Like we also have a hand in the skate community and the skate yeah. guys constantly knock on their door. But do can we do a skate comp? Can we do a rail comp? It's just there's always more events and we want to do them all. It's just right. It's, it's a community. Much fun, man. Yeah. Oh, I bet. Oh, it's and, fun, man. Like yeah. you don't you don't go into retail to make money. You go into retail to have fun. Um, you go into right. retail to do events, to do to hang out with kids and ride bikes. Yeah. Build the communities. Absolutely. Yeah. And you guys do that uh, for skates. You guys go with uh, who do you partner up with? Uh, it's with the it's the refinery, right? So we work with with Wilhelm Zill, and yep. Wilhelm is the barber at the refinery. It's a barber shop, skateboard shop. So we partner with him, and they're they're kind of our sister shop. It's ninety nine point nine percent Will. Uh, he does all the work down there. Uh, he's a good guy. Um, but yeah, it's a super little low to the ground skate shop that we uh, have a lot of fun with. And again, there's more events, more fun, more like. Mm-hmm things to do nice that's awesome so then <laughs> taking a back step um when we first chatted i think our first good like a uh, conversation or good conversation was uh we were talking at the troop dinner um and me you're now fiance congratulations um Thanks. yeah three of us were uh, chatting about uh it was like your trip to bc and what you learned and you told me a bunch of the marketing strategies and what you touched on a few minutes ago with you learned a lot over there that was different that you were able to apply here. Yeah, kind of take yeah. me through what that was like, like what you picked so, up from the books and what examples yeah. you've uh, taken away and implemented. Here's so when I was out there, we so you do the whole winter, right? And the winter was dope. It was just go, 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 go. Yeah. And after the winter, all my buddies leave. So it's just myself hanging out, right? Me and my dog. 
And um, it's, it's, you can only be, as, as a business guy, as an entrepreneur, right? Not to use the overused word, but yes. uh, you can only be sitting in your like small little battery pad, ride bikes every day for so long. You start getting a little crazy. Yeah. Um, so you start looking for something to do. So we started reading books. And um, I started reading like, whatever, all the Gary Vee stuff. I started yeah. reading uh, over, old Obergoldsky books on advertising. I started reading like, just, just fucking anything I can get my hands on. So uh, just going through stuff in the coffee shop. And then uh, I was fortunate when I was out there, they gave me a little bit of freedom. And they were like, listen, like, where social media is not quite up to where it could be. Uh, you want to start playing with it? And I was like, it's dope. And then my buddy, um, Ollie, super good friend of mine. He was from France and he's That's a awesome. photographer. Oh, wow. And he was working with me at Skookum over the winter. He took a ton of photos in the winter and in the spring. And uh, he actually works for Solomon now and a couple other guys. He's a like, super, super legit photographer. Nice. And he, um, he took, got all these photos that he was going to use as marketing photos for Skookum. And it's like, listen, here, take these, use these. So we use those photos and we started playing around, right? We started timing posts, started like kind of figuring out what, what day is best, what time is best, what when you're getting the best reach, how many posts before you can do this, how many posts before you can do that. Just just playing with all the different things. Mm-hmm. And it really started to give us just an idea of how, and this is, or whatever, this is five, six years ago, right? So this is when Facebook was, was it Facebook ads and Facebook marketing and all that stuff. It was big, but it wasn't, like now where everything's just dialed in right you right. just click the button and it, it just was on the rise, it out for yeah. you so it was, yeah. it was a lot of fun it was super super fun and really realized out there the trends and the way things were out there it takes a couple of years for those trends to hit Sudbury. so mm-hmm. we're looking at whether it be you know the trend at the time was uh, in Sudbury, everyone was riding hardtails no rear suspension everyone was riding xc bikes and mm-hmm. wearing you know spandex and racing around whereas out in BC, you had that like super chill BC, like guys were smoking pot and drinking beers and riding bikes. Yeah. And that didn't hit separate. It wasn't, uh, it didn't hit there yet. And we had come back, it had just kind of started. So when we opened up, it's this like super chill laid back shop. We just kind of slipped in with the vibe and it nice. just kind of worked. Uh, and we yeah. just kind of cut the wave. Um, but when you, when you're vigilant and you're looking at the trends out there and look at the trends in here and you kind of know the way it's going to work. Yeah. You, right. you get a little bit of advantage that way. It's nice thing about being in a, whatever, a small city, Northern Ontario, right? Like it's yeah. not, we're not necessarily cutting edge. Um, right. So it's, it's, uh, it's just following the trends of the guys otherwise. No, I like that. And like you said, though, that's keeping your ear to the ground helps. Absolutely. Right. Like being in the events, creating that community. And honestly, I think that's more, that seems to be more what, your company has become where it's, it's just building a community. Like now everyone at Troop was like, man, well, especially with COVID it's now nobody can train jujitsu. So it's like, Hey, well outside works, let's go for bike rides. And then now everyone's like either like me, like preparing their bikes, doing everything they can to get it better. Or just like, Hey, we need a new one. Let's get one. Let's get one. Yeah. Let's go see John. You know so that's, it's been everyone this year, man. Like we, we kind of got on this, like, like this whole COVID thing is crazy, crazy wave of emotions, man. We went from being like, you know, the world is going to end. Like we're convinced we're going to shop. is going to shut down. We're like, how are we going to pay the bills? And like, it's different for us too, because in our industry, it's not like we're selling, you know, service. Like we're, so we do service, but it's not like we're uh, an auto mechanic, right? Where we right. just work on cars all day. Like we, we buy inventory, we buy inventory of bikes. Mm-hmm. Um, so we order all these bikes in September and then they show up in the spring and they just kind of come off the truck and we put them in the shop and we're like, it's dope. Look at all these awesome bikes. But then 
COVID happens, and like, dude, you're gonna have to shut down. Well, we still got a pair of suppliers for these bikes. How are we gonna? How? So we start. We started moving into online space. We started moving into, like, we just start hustling, right? We started figure out how we're going to get, how, how are we going to move it? How are we going to get into the bikes? How are we going to make this happen? And yeah. then, then they come back and go, wait, actually, you're a central service. You don't have to close. Like, oh, no all kidding. Right. Mm. All right, we're good. And then, then they go, okay, you're a central service. You don't have to close, but you do have to close your storefront. You're only allowed to do curbside. So that's the center of the world again. And then we realized that it was actually not the, it was, we're still busy. So mm -hmm. it was okay. I mean, ter again, terrible situation, but we, we were, because all the department stores closed and people couldn't buy bikes at department stores because like all the gyms closed and people couldn't get their exercise, couldn't do any of that kind of stuff. And because it's been a beautiful spring, it's kind of created this little perfect storm for bike shops yeah, where you, you can't, like we can't get inventory right now. Like we can't, yeah. like when we are out of bikes, we are, out of bikes like there's like yeah. we've bought in everything every one of our suppliers has um there's nothing um, left <laughs> there's nothing left like we got to a point we had suppliers that were flying stuff in from um from toronto from sorry from the states to toronto and we were calling them and getting it directly shipped to us instead of even like it showing up in toronto because we yeah. needed the bikes and it was just give us all of them nice. and, like, and you just can't get enough right the skates yeah. are showing up and they're flipping it blind demand yeah exactly yeah. And it, i mean it, it's it's a terrible situation <laughs> but created this weird weird environment and right. it's worked the covid thing has been really really emotional i guess the best thing i could say yeah that's for sure it's yeah it seems like it's a you said it right a wave of emotions you're not sure that's the problem right is nobody's really sure of what's gonna come of this no, there's an idea, right? You talk to Mitch, right? Mitch, yeah. like, that's that's the last thing, right? Like, you, 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 to do jujitsu, when, when is it okay to, you know, roll around sweating on somebody? Like, that's yeah. probably the last yeah. one, right? That's probably I mean, like, sweat, between sweat and, like, blood. Like, I've bled on you before. Dude. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, you know, vice versa. So, it's, uh, it's pretty... It's gruesome. Yeah. yeah it's, I can't imagine. A lot of business owners, you know, I got a buddy who owns a bar. <laughs> and uh it, they don't serve food so they're not like they just serve a little bit of food appetizers and stuff yeah. but you know he was he was so trying to sell olives and he's trying to now he's got these like but now he's innovated now he's trying to do like drink packs and stuff yeah but, like i can't imagine being an ocean man like you know the yeah. syrup the syrup benefits great um but yeah. you know it's not gonna cover all those bills forever you know you it's it's hard man it's hard yeah i bet what's uh what's something that you guys like what's the biggest obstacle that uh, you guys have faced as a business so far? And how'd you get over that? I like talking about how people overcome yeah. things. I'm not really here to focus on the negative of the experience. I'm curious to see as somebody from this conversation, as I know you, you're very competitive. It's like if you yeah. like you love something or you like something, you go full in on it. Yeah, I do all of it. Um, so yeah, that's true. See how you get um, out of these uh, challenges? The, with with the business, I guess one of the big challenges for me, anyways, um, is trying. You can't do everything, right? So when I worked at, a, at the shop I had worked at, I'm still in Sudbury. We did skateboards scooters snowboards downhill ski cross-country ski bike paddleboard clothing dude try like <laughs> yeah still this is like 
six, seven years later, I know so much about paddleboards. It's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like it's it's a but trying to be try to be uh, an elite salesperson for that much stuff. Like mm. you, you can't know the specs and all these paddleboards. Yeah, jack of all trades, these, master. Right, and then try to know how like the lengths of wakeboard cables work, and then try to sell a bicycle. Like you just <laughs> can't, right? So yeah, when we opened up, we we we, we covered a lot of ground, and, and we, skate's a good example, right? Like skate was super sweet. Skate needed its own spot. It can't skate couldn't be a session. It's just too much, right? Like. We we do bike at sessions. The bike does really well, and we yeah. we know bike and we're bike all the way through. So we do bike in the winter. We do downhill ski, cross country ski, snowboard because yeah. it works out well. Right. We tried, man. We did wakeboard for one summer. It just mm. it was just not great. Why? Because I don't have a boat. Right. I don't. I, I don't have I a boat. I can't afford a yeah. boat to go wakeboarding. Yeah. Like really, you're out there pushing. Oh, the There's guys out there that are doing it, and those guys need to open a wake shop, man. Because everybody yeah. has a wake shop. But we try right. to do it to try to fill the void because people are coming in and asking. But like, dude, it's just I'm not a wake guy. And, yeah. Uh, we tried to do paddleboard for a little bit. It was the same thing. We even we bought rock climbing shoes. Rock climbing. We're like, you know what? Rock climbing is gonna be the next big thing. So you put all these rock climbing shoes, and we still have a bunch. Like we, it's just Easy. we. It just wasn't the same vibe. Wasn't the same fit. So mm-hmm. we. It's finding out your niche and what you do and what you do well and doing right. that. Um, so that was a big one for us. And like, I guess how we learned from it. It cost us a bunch of money. <laughs> um, like, every yeah. time you go into the basement and you look in the back room and you see this wakeboard sitting on the wall it's been there for four years okay. you don't even have bindings for it because you hustled the bindings and sold the bindings but you <laughs> sell the wakeboard and it's just rotting like yeah it yeah, doesn't make you feel super good so you, you don't <laughs> stop doing that stuff walk down oh yeah 2016 that's like my <laughs> wall of rock climbing shoes yeah like, I've went rock climbing once in the past four years. I don't have time to rock climb, man. I'm trying to rock yeah. climb. Hey. Right. You want to ride. You don't want to exactly. climb. Yeah. I get you that. make mistakes, right? It's been yeah. nice. But retail is a funny one because you, you you always get tempted to do more and more and more. And right. Do this. I want to do that. I want to do that thing too. And like, dude, if, you can't, if you're trying to be everything to everybody, then you can't be the thing that you're trying to be. You just I think that's huge. It gets diluted, right? Right. I think if people watch this or when people watch this, I think if they take anything away, it's what you just said. I oh. think especially for business. Like that's that's huge. Yeah. That's huge. Like being able to focus and go, all right, this is where my passion is. I want to do this. I want to do this, this, and this, and this, and this. But the passion driven is here first. Let's focus here. Here's where the niche is. You have to have a focus, right? And you have to dial in on it. And you have to keep dialing in on it until it makes sense. And when it makes sense, it's not going to be wrong. There's ways you can branch out, ways you can do other things. Exactly like we did with the refinery, right? Where skate, it's not that skate isn't a scene in town. It's massive. But it's that skate needs its own home. You can't put Mm -hmm. skateboards in a bike shop and try to call your bike shop a bike shop or your skate shop a skate shop because it's not. Now it's a bike and skate shop. Put your skates in the skate shop and put your bikes in the bike shop. Now it makes sense. And it seems seems so simple, but it's not, right? You you see it all the time. You walk into these shops and you're like, oh, seriously, you got that too. Okay. (laughs) Right? Like it didn't make sense, right? Right. Now these little hardware store shops that got like, dog toys and bows and arrows and you're like dude like I'm just looking for a hammer <laughs> um, just looking I, I for guess. a hammer dude yeah <laughs> it's uh it's it's just the way a lot of these guys are 
I think the way you guys did it, where it seems like it's seasonal, right? If I'm correct. Oh, very seasonal. Yeah. So your niche is seasonal. So because nobody's gonna be ripping bikes in the winter. I mean, big wheels, but we'll get it. Now we got fat bikes. Fat bikes. Fat bikes. That's game changer for us, man. Hundred percent. So now it's all year round with the bikes. But I mean, with skis, can't really do it so much in summer. But I love that because it's almost you guys have niche down seasonal. So it's even more niche down. So people Mm -hmm. know even more that that's the focus and they know where to go where you're not, if you did skate, right. Or you did all land wheel sports or all water board sports. It's like, well now things are being overshadowed by things that maybe aren't as important. Mm -hmm. And there's a way like in our world, so we're in action sports, right? That's our like subcategory. Yes. And you'll notice a lot of time you get like bike ski, you get snowboard, skateboard, wakeboard. Like you get like, there's these like, there is like basically preset niches. I don't like guys like to follow those, which is great. Um, and, and they do, they do work. It's when you start like trying to do all of them, it doesn't work. Um, but you can definitely mix it up. Like we do really well with snowboard and really well with, uh, with bike. But most of the time you go to like out west, like at the shop I worked at out west, they were basically high end prestigious ski and high end prestigious bike. Right. And um, those two kind of do go hand in hand. <laughs> we do really well with snowboarders. We do really well with cross country skiers. We do really well with uh, all levels of bike, right? Like all the way down to like your $50, like the cheapest bike you could ever buy, used, beat up. Like guys are bringing it in to get tires and full servicing all the way up to, you know, $20,000 e bikes. Um, we get guys from all different. So it's kind of cool. We do, we're doing everything, but only for our genre. Right. You, I like that though, because now it's not only the niche down, but it's not like, oh, well, we do bikes, but we don't do these type of bikes. We do the, it's a, no, it's, all bikes. it's got two wheels. Bikes. Yeah, 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 there's some sketchy e bikes with like weed biker motors on them and stuff like that. We stay away from those, but, uh, uh but bikes bikes nice. with two wheels that pedal so question for you then semi off topic do you have any uh paddle oh. boards in your uh warehouse no, no? no. got rid of them all gone, dude paddle boards are yeah. gone. you know how much room yeah. those things take up yeah like, that's yeah, fair dude even the inflatables dude like this people are like yo i'm gonna get this inflatable it should be so compact it's still like a fucking mini fridge dude yeah <laughs> like it's like that's a good point and, then you, gotta, and you gotta have a paddle like the paddle ain't small dude like it's like it, <laughs> right i remember when we were at pinnacle and we sold paddle boards man we, we probably sold one year like 25 paddle boards and they were all this is inflatables were just kind of starting to come out so we had a couple inflatables but we had these like 12 and a half foot long displacement hull paddle boards hanging on. I busted one on my first week working the job, actually. That was funny. Yeah, he had it hanging. And I went up top and he said, John, can you go like hang off this rafter and put this sign up or some yeah. ridiculous thing? I'm like, yeah, but make it happen. So I'm up there and I kicked the paddle board and paddle board fell down and totally crushed the side of the hull. And he was like, yeah, I'm just going to fire my first week. But I ended up firing out. So it was all right. But, uh, yeah, those those things are massive and they're super expensive. I don't know how uh, I don't know how many like, Romacos carries them. Thank God, because they're such a big store. Um, mm-hmm. But man, like I can't imagine a little tiny fifteen hundred square foot shop would be like three paddle boards would be full. Yeah, that's that's crazy. I was I was gonna buy one if you had them. I was like, yeah, I'll take one yeah, off. Yeah, it's not me. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. not me. <laughs> nice. Yeah, man, that's a uh, no. That's pretty wild though. As if you almost got fired on your first week for yeah, that a good time. like that's uh 
I don't read your thoughts. That's a fifteen hundred dollar paddleboard. You just drop it on the ground from yeah. eight feet out. Yeah. But I mean, in like, and I'm sure in retrospect, like, why the hell would anybody hang? Yeah, well, that's that's kind of the first thing there. There was a bad spot to put it, and you can't really say that your first week. To your right, boss, you kind of right? got like, yeah, eat, eat yeah. the crap first before yeah. you can. Yeah, you, you just shut up and hope you don't yeah. get fired. Thank yeah, God, do what you gotta right? do. Yeah. I wouldn't be here. Yeah, man, it's some the things you do, but uh, to do what you love, I guess the things you do to yeah. do what you love. But, yeah. So <clears throat> with that, then um, for people who've watched up to this point and they don't still are on the edge of why they should either a start biking or if they aren't sure about a bike or anything, now's your chance. Like, uh, why sessions? Why, uh, why bike riding? Simple plug. Biking is easy one, right? Like, especially in Sudbury, right? Like if, yeah. um, and, and most of you guys probably in Sudbury. So if Sudbury's, Sudbury's a Mecca right now. It's just on the, just on the verge, right? So I urge anyone that's thinking about getting into biking and wants to try, check out this, this website. It's called Trail Forks. So if you go to trailforks.com, it's, uh, it's put on by a company called Pink Bike. And people might have known Pink Bike, they know the name Pink Bike from years and years ago. They're um, an online article company and reviewing company, and they do a buy and sell and stuff like that. So anyways, nice. they have this app called Trail Forks, app and website. That's basically Google Maps for mountain bikers. You go anywhere in the world, you type in wherever you're at, you type in Whistler, you type in Revelstoke, you type in Sudbury, you type in whatever, and it's going to pull up all the trails in town. Um, Sudbury, if you look it up, is basically one giant trail center. And there's trails all the way from Walden to Laurentian and Dekeevee mm-hmm. to like Minnow Lake. There's yeah. stuff out in Skeet. There's stuff there's all over. And wow. it's just kind of on the verge of cresting over this like we're just about to be known as a mecca and it's not quite there yet so if you want to get into trail riding that's a perfect time because nice. there's a lot of people out everyone's kind of starting to get into it. it's a good time to meet people yeah, um for sure. the, the next thing you're going to need to do is you're going to need to come out to the bike club yep. this year of course with the covid thing it's a little weird but mm-hmm. you show up you show up to a tuesday night ride and um there's also tons of people there super inclusive super like super good vibes they do this once a month thing called the social ride where usually the Tuesday night rides out at Walden, but they bring the ride to a different trailhead. So they'll go to Laurentian, they'll go to Kiwi, they'll go somewhere else. And we start at a bar, we'll go for the ride and then we'll meet after at the bar and there'll be prizes, food and appetizers okay. and all that stuff. Of course now it's a little, these, damn it, that's yeah, This is usually in season. So ah. they, um, these rides will attract 40 to 70 people. So it's a good time to show up and meet people in your ability because they break you up into ability and everything yeah. and ride with people. Um, Subbury's kind of the place. I mean, as far as sessions, I mean, we're around. Yep. We're a fun <laughs> shop. We yep. like, we're the low to the ground, um, hang out, like no bullshit kind of shop that 100%. doesn't like to beat around the bush and doesn't like, like we're super, super honest. Like, we carry a lot of brands. Yep. We carry a lot of brands no one's ever heard of. <laughs> we end up being like yep. that. Um, a lot of these smaller companies that uh, that want our support, that want the customers, that right. want to reach out to the customers, that want to talk to the customers. So it's kind of cool. We get these nice. good relationships with these small brands. Yeah. yeah. And um, you know, we usually COVID kind of a little weird, but we usually have a coffee shop in the front end. You come in, hang out, have a coffee, chat about bikes. Open tech shop in the back. You can see kind of see what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's lots of good shops in town, right? Like all three shops are all pretty good, and we're all trying to push the scene. So there's lots of opportunities to get bikes in town which is awesome but there's also lots of opportunities to get out and ride and 
at sessions like it's we're always it doesn't matter where you get a bike just make sure you get a bike and if you get a bike we'll see you on the trail like it, it's nice. just a matter of time before people do kind of come around and we do meet them and we do hang out with them and start riding with them and then if they choose to buy cool stuff at a shop awesome right it's, that's the kind of our whole thing since it started it's just meet people hang out with people ride with people and just have cool stuff in the shop and if we have cool stuff in the shop people will buy it you know force right. anyone to buy anything right yeah um and that's kind of the whole attitude with the riding in town is it's just about as good riding as i've ever done mm-hmm. um yeah it's it's really and it's, it's all rock so right yeah it, uh, it's not going anywhere it's spe- something special right you, you go ride trails down south you go ride trails in bc you go ride trails all over the world and uh they don't quite have this much rock so <laughs> the rock we have makes our riding in Sudbury something kind of special right and the riding we have in town if you can ride here like if you can go to laurentia and you can ride around the lake you can pretty well ride anywhere and i can guarantee that like i've Done mm-hmm. it. I went and rode this down yeah. in BC and it was manageable because you just you learn how to ride choppy, gnarly rock in Sudbury and then oh, you go ride some Some places are wild. Yeah, someplace yeah. else that's got flow and dirt, right? Like it's yeah. uh something kind of dirt. So it's uh if you can ride here, you ride anywhere. Yeah, just because the trees in BC are significantly taller doesn't mean doesn't really change uh it makes it a bit easier to ride if uh, you're used to. Oh yeah, these dude, rocks. it's like a, we're like riding on the moon over here, man. Like it's yeah, it's, uh, it's it's rock all day. Like I, out in BC, there was this um, in Rabi, there was this one little spot where they had this trail called Lost Boys, and it was basically this one slab of rock, and they put all these trails on. It. You had to drive outside of town to go ride, and that's where you went to ride slick rock. You ride nice. rock rolls. This was our trail for rock rolls. We would get in a car, drive outside of town to go ride that. And then you look at Whistler. Whistler's got this other big rock slab called Yummy Nummy. And they've got Yummy Nummy and Uncomfortably Numb and all these trails that go over this one rock slab because that rock slab is naturally eroding and it's, it'll drain all the water and it'll be there forever. So build all the trails on it. And you like drive into Chelmsford and you're looking on the side of the road and you're like, that's a rock slab and that's a rock slab. Are we at West uh, right now? That is yeah. you right it's, it's like a, it's like having like an abundance of holy grails. So all of a sudden all of our riding is don't get me wrong, I would really appreciate some dirt and some flow maybe. But uh yeah, but, here and there. Like, but it's pretty good riding. It's yeah. uh, it's pretty incredible. And the stuff that the guys are doing at Walden now, like they push the limits now this year, like I just got out for the first time last week to Walden and so busy at the shop and I haven't had a chance. So I got out there and they, they put berms in, like full like dirt berms. There's no okay. dirt. So I don't know why they got it, but they, they put dirt berms and jumps. And so now all of a sudden we're starting to see that stuff. We're starting to get the stuff that we were kind of maybe a little bit missing. We've got it now. So nice. you can't really complain riding here in Sudbury, right? No There's not really a reason to go and ride. Uh, you know, down south, they go ride somewhere else. You got a good place here. So. Mm-hmm. People are looking for a reason, man. Like, all they got to do is show up. That's it, though. And I have, so I'd always enjoyed biking. And then over the past few years, it's been like tricky with wherever I was for work and school and whatnot. But then meeting you, and I attribute a lot of that. And whether it be training with you or just hearing your story and getting to know you and what your shop is more about, mm-hmm. that's why I'm like, that's got me back in like I'm riding at least once a week. I have a pretty busy schedule, uh, like with work to show and like, um, my lifting and stuff. Um, but yeah, uh, I still try at least once a week to go and I attribute a lot of that enjoyment to 
you and what your shop represents and the community aspect of it. And it feels, it's a lot of fun. Like I'm like talking to buddies and Hey man, like, yo, we saw John, you guys. And then I ride with them and they're riding their new bikes. And I'm riding this bike that hasn't been tuned up since 97. And I'm like, well, what's going on? Why am I so slow? I, I'm in pretty good shape. And then I'm like, I, I gotta get this tuned up. And then fast forward now, uh, trying to ride all the trails I can. So, uh, I like Damn the challenge. But even, even in down here, like, like our infrastructure is pretty trail driven. Like there's like crusher dust trails. There's like, like gravel road. Like I was mentioning the gravel scene. Like you yeah. go back behind lively man and you go like black Lake road area. You mm. can go for miles, miles, and miles on gravel roads. They're like, if you're on a proper bike, man, you could be ripping going 30 kilometers an hour down these gravel roads and you don't have to worry about cars. You don't have to worry about people. You get way better scenery. You know, a lot of guys down south, it's road cycling is huge down south, but up here, the roads sucked. So now that we have gravel bikes, we can go and ride this stuff. Yeah. Uh, we can ride wherever we want, long distance, all that stuff. So uh, we're starting to see a big resurgence in that community as well. So there's lots of different disciplines of biking and this is something for everyone up in Sudbury. Nice. And that's a, I'm definitely going to check that out because I was down in Black Lake uh, area today for construction at work. So I'm definitely, uh, I definitely want to check that out. Like Google Maps, I'm definitely going to stop looking at and look more at, uh, you said Trail Forks, right? It's Trail like F O R K S. Yeah, like a fork. Like the okay, simple. It's not spelled like some weird off brand no, way. No, no, no. no. Simple. Straight okay, sweet. So I wrote that down correctly. Good. Sweet. Yeah, because that'll be, uh, I'll be pretty sweet, man. I, uh, hope uh soon enough we're able to ride together so uh hopefully soon man hopefully yeah soon. we're we're buying our tongue waiting biding our time like we uh even like like personally right like we'll yeah when we go for rides just me and stays like we like you can't be but now man especially right. so we got strava stravas which people are using to log rides and stuff like yeah. you don't want to be that guy who's out on strava and says you rode with eight other people like you you, you can't be that guy right now so yeah. we gotta we gotta take it a notch back and chill out and uh you know do these super small rides with just like whether it be our co-workers that we're with all the time or with uh my fiance and just yeah. do super small rides, but waiting, hopefully soon, hopefully soon. They yeah. Keep, they keep that'd be sweet. Restrictions, so. Hope, nice. Yeah. Hopefully if they ease it up, maybe like, I don't know if they were in what phase two, maybe what phase three or phase four, there's something that like some form of community event you guys put on welcome back. Yeah. Cause I feel if it's outdoors and it's biking and people aren't going to be, you can only be so close when you're on a bike. Right. Well, so, there's some like, I mean, we're doing some stuff where it's like, you know, let's say that whatever the six feet rule, but when you're on a bike that's longer than six feet, because like the way yeah. you're like, you don't want to like wherever you're talking, you're breathing heavy and like all that slide is coming backwards. You just want to be careful, right? Like, right. I mean, you're going to go out and bike with masks on. <clears throat> no, it's silly. At the same time, like <laughs> our events have gotten so big that if we do like a, a welcome back, we're going to do a fun ride. Like you can't be like, but only 15 people, right? Like you just can't. Like, yeah, I don't no know reason. what the number is, right? Like maybe it's, is it 50? Is it 50 when we can do that? Is it a hundred? Yeah. Like, like how many people is it okay for us to let come before we're allowed to cap it? We don't want to cap it at all. We want everyone to come. So like we need to make sure the cap overshoots it. Um, going to right. be a while before we know how to navigate that we're still just trying to figure out how to run the store day to day right um, yeah right? You, got, you got your daily battles yeah absolutely right, right. we're still running curbside yeah running stuff outside still doing deliveries in the morning yeah, still doing, like, that, 
plus we're also running the front shop like we're trying to run yeah. like the day-to-day like we usually with distancing and glass and masks and, yeah you guys are pretty oh, smart about that there like oh, you walk in and you guys like whoa, whoa hand sanitizer regardless of whether i'm okay, with one yeah, person all day or not man. it doesn't matter no like guy that. comes in and goes i just hand sanitize my car i'm like that's sweet you can't sanitize again dude i'm saying yeah. like, it's, like, it's, it's protocol here like it's just keep, what it is keep man. us it is, safe it absolutely yeah no nice so, that's no. been that's been pretty fun and pretty crazy like interesting i guess the first I'd say the first month I was like, this kind of cool, you know, like the way everything changed. And then we were doing mm-hmm. it the curbside. So we were running outside and had a fanny pack on. I was stuffing the seats in my fanny pack because we were like sprinting from car to car so fast with masks on and gloves yeah. on and everything. And it was crazy. Um, I'm, getting, I'm getting pretty tired of it now. Um, yeah. I'm pretty, I'm pretty, I'm pretty ready for uh, COVID to be done. I, mean, yeah, I don't blame you. Done by it's done. It has nothing to do with me, but um I will be excited the day that they say the virus is no more and we can just go back to normal. But uh, yeah. it was interesting at first to kind of play with a whole new landscape. Mm-hmm. See what's uh see what ways you guys could. Cause I feel it, with this whole thing going on, not, I almost, I'm curious to know if there's anything that you guys would do that you learned like a cool thing that you guys learned during COVID with the way the shop was going, you're like, oh man, if everything goes back to normal, this would be killer. Yeah, we're gonna keep doing delivery. Nice, right? Like, yeah, it's just, just a no brainer. Like, no, we're not gonna. Like, it's easy for us, right? Like, we go to the shop at nine. It's easy to pick people's bikes up in the morning, um, as long as they're local. But like that kind of stuff, we found a big need. Like, the, when we started, we offered delivery. Yeah. People call us up and they're like, "Hey, you're doing delivery? Yeah, perfect, no problem." And we're like okay they're like yeah we're not we're not actually looking for specifically for COVID. they're like we just don't have a car so i can't get my broken bike to your bike shop Mm -hmm. and i'm like oh yeah well that makes sense all right or like they've got this apartment or they've got whatever kind of situation and like let's say we have people that have mobility problems and they have a hard time putting their bike in the car or they just don't have a car rack like all these people this is awesome there's a demand so we're like all right so we we want just keep offering that mm-hmm. um the curbside thing was a funny one too because it's we're doing curbside of course for yes. covid reasons if someone requests it but we're also now that we have a wireless machine and a second computer that we can bring outside we're doing curbside to reduce the traffic so if we would allow one person in the shop at a time so we'll have one person in and then we'll do, someone will run outside and grab someone else and do the do their transaction curbside if they're looking for a tube or something small they don't even need to come in the shop we can get them outside so we're basically doubling our capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, so stuff like that is absolutely going to roll through into 2021, 2022, nice. 2023. Hopefully this virus ain't going to last much longer. And yeah. We'll Fingers crossed. Keep a lot of these practices in place. Yeah. I like that though. Wow. You guys kind of have a pretty sweet location for uh, curbside as well. Like there's, I mean, aside from yeah. like, well, it's on a busy enough street that people will see your shop. Right. But you have three of the four sides of your building have no roads yeah it's all parking it's all parking it's like it's both sides of parking back is parking um it's good except like except when it was like like when we were only curbside and it was super super crazy yeah. it's just trying to figure out where the fuck someone is so yeah. you're like someone calls you're like dude i'm in the back of your tube no problem you grab the tube you run outside you go to a car and you're like and the guy's like no i'm here for my wheel and you're like i've got a tube you don't need a tube? No, okay, yeah. cool. And you run in the next car, I'm like, did you need a tube? And they're like, no, man, I'm here for my tire. I'm like, 
all right, then I run it. Oh, so I build, did you need a tube? Guys, like, yeah, I'm looking for a tube. Okay, cool. Like, four cars. Like, it's, yeah. that's the only weird thing because people aren't like, go staples. It's like, are you in aisle number one or two? And you could have done something like that, but yeah. um, the scramble is fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it was set up pretty well that way. We have, we have multiple exits too, which is nice. Right. It makes the flow easy for now that we're in store, but yep. also um, when we were curbside because we could have guys going out both doors. We could have, it was, it's, we're a quirky little weird shop, but the, Dude, it the works. location in the field, the building has always just kind of worked for us so far. No kidding. Um, yeah, I mean, even space. So we're tight, but we'll make it work. Nice. That's awesome, dude. No, it. Uh, I know we talk, touched on it a bit at the beginning, but uh, man, the aspiration for what your like your shop could be is not like like the sky's the limit. And like from where it is, like it's already overtaking Sudbury. I like to see, I like to believe that that's, that's what I'm seeing. I mean, everybody I know has some affiliation through it, whether they like got a bike or fixed up or they know of you or they know it's insane. It's going quick. It's been kind of cool um, just to see how quickly it has moved through the past, whatever, four years. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, like we're not really planning. We're not planning on, how it's going to go in the next four or the next 10 and the next yeah. 15. We're just, it's day by day at this point, man. Right. Like, uh, we've been doing that like that since the start. We're here and we're just going to keep doing what we do. Um, nice. We're not, you know, like it's not a, for us, it's not about, you know, Oh, we're going to go up to this market or we're go up to that market. We just, we just like riding bikes. So, you know, when gravel bikes came out or that's a good example for more recent, right? Gravel bikes came out. We really, really like gravel. We really like riding gravel. We really mm-hmm. like the bikes. We have a lot of fun on them. And we started selling them. Um, and it's, mm-hmm. as, long as, as long as our passion's there, we got guys that want to do it. We got guys that want to ride. Um, that's what we're going to do. It's, and it so far has seemed to work out okay. I'm not going to claim it's a recipe for success. We're only, we're only four years old. But, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's worked out so far. But, you know, big aspirations and big, you know, take over the world stuff. It's not, uh, it's not in the playbook for us. We're yeah. just trying to keep it, keep it low to the ground and uh, have fun. Nice, and it's the biggest thing, right? Yeah. You don't go into the bike world um, just to sell bikes. You have to go into the bike world trying yeah. to have fun and trying to ride bikes. Just, if you're going to the bike world just trying to make money, you ain't got to make it. It's, uh, it's not like, not that kind of business. Nice. I love that. That's awesome, buddy. So did you want to close on that or do you want to do do you have any final thoughts, things, questions that you want to close off your episode with? Um, that's pretty good with me. Nice. Yeah. That's sweet, man. Well, with that, <laughs> I really appreciate your time. I'm so happy. I'm finally, I was finally able to get you on the show, learn more about your story and how everything kind of started and how. Yeah, you- it was good, man. Yeah, man. So how you guys are going to be able to run through it. Yeah. No, it's a lot of fun. I like, I like that I was able to see and do research on your shop and your, and you and figure out kind of how the story is. And like, I've seen you on other shows and stuff. So I'm like, I have that understanding of what you talk about and what you kind of come about. So it was cool. I'm able to double down 
and go, well, I would, oh, I would ask this as well, or I would ask, or I would dive deeper in this, or I'd stay away from that, or I'd steer into this. Especially when you get a guy like me, right? Like yeah. you get, um, like Chris Gacciotti is another guy like that, right? Where, um, I'd say Connor's a little different. Um, you get guys like me and Chris where it's just all fashion. Yeah. And that's what we do, right? It's all passion. It's all speaking straight from the heart. It's all not that Connor's not speaking from the heart, but that um, it is an easy target, right? Like guys, like guys like me, because that's why when you when you would ask, like, is there anything you don't want to touch on like tonight? Like, like nope. I've I've had these conversations so many times, yeah. and it's a conversation I like having because I like it's a life I've lived, and it's it's not just a life I've lived. It's the life that's worked out the way I've tried to make it work out. And so far things have gone kind of according to plan. And it's something people want to know about, right? People want to ask, people want to, so I tell them, and you kind of get used to the rhythm and flow. And when someone feeds into it and someone pushes that pushes you to talk more about your passion, you'll talk more about passion. Right. And you just, and it feels more genuine. And it feels more like it's, it's not like, just answering questions. It's telling stories and talking, right. and whatever, and it makes it a lot easier. So when you when you get a guy that has passion, and you kind of push him that way, it's super, 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 super easy for me to talk. That's why I kind of knew we could go this way. And it's just like, yeah, something you no, it's like whatever you want. It's cool. Yeah, right? like, that's it, sweet, it's dude. easy nice. to talk about. Yeah, and that's exactly why I wanted to talk to you in the first place, because that's mm-hmm. kind of where I like to believe like the passion for learning and storytelling and everything, and like helping people achieve their goals no matter what they are that passion for me has driven this show to be able for me to be able to go, Oh man, he might say no, he might not be. I'm like, you know what, man, screw it. Like if him coming on the show gets all of us or somebody out there to achieve something or one step closer to doing something that they want to do, let's do it. And it's all passion driven. So having guys like you on phenomenal, it all it does is make like make this for us, like better so no that's exactly what. it man and it'll uh the show will keep going it's pretty cool to see even how far you've come to your show and it's going yeah, a lot thanks, more buddy. a lot more right i've watched the first couple episodes and all right, all right when yes. going on and then and then i actually then oh i got another podcast i didn't watch this one a couple shows and then yeah. then uh you, you hit on a couple guys that i know that i'm buddies with and i want to listen to that and i said oh nice. get a little better it's, it's, it's got pretty good man it's got pretty good and now yeah. being on it i'm pretty impressed it's good yeah, I appreciate that. I'm glad that's cool to know. Yeah, I'm uh, the first. Yeah, the first couple, dude. I watched them back. Yeah, but you got you got to start somewhere, right? Right, like, and that's it. You got to start somewhere, right? After, um, and you understand right. that. And majority of the people on my who've been on my show to date all understand that. Oh yeah, it's so. well business guys, right? If business yeah. guys get it, right? The guys, yeah. people that have been through some shit or like fuck some stuff up, understand uh the break-in process yeah, right like you can't you can't come out swinging and perfect it, perfect it right okay. away like it has to go through trial and error 100 percent. um yeah yeah but it's cool to see how it's come and it's, just, it's doing pretty well now that's funny i was in i was trying yeah. to find out how many people people look at your show but i couldn't figure i couldn't figure it out for uh for which listeners um how many so- listeners you have <laughs> Depending on YouTube, well, if we're saying YouTube because we're video right now, um, YouTube, um, my earlier ones were like averaging about 100 to 150. My last few have all been like well over 200. That's pretty good. Like Connor's was over 200. Um, Chris is about like 180. And then 
like uh, the gentleman I had before, shout out to you, Kevin, Slow Jam, and James. His was like almost three. I've had a few with three. Like, uh, yeah. So it kind of depends on how I promote it, how it goes, and then what their story is. I think the story is a huge deal and not so much listeners, but view duration. If people watch the episode for longer than the last one, that's a win. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, it's that's so true. that's the challenge. It's finally of, something people can relate to, right? Like, yeah. Um, someone people care about. And also some people know, right? That's going to be a big one too, right? Like yeah. a lot of guys know City and a lot of guys know yeah. Connor and a lot of yeah. guys know. So it's trying to hit on those guys. You got Mitch. You got Mitch on here. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm trying, dude. You can imagine. I can't um, imagine how you can get Mitch to talk. Difficult. That's going to be the hard part, man. Dude, did a. So I don't know if you saw it. So Mitch posted. He wants to do like a him and me podcast for like. I know. You, you had told me about that. Yeah. We sat down, record, dude, a month later, we sat down and recorded and like all that, whatever. We, we were supposed to meet up today, but it's fridge. And then I stayed late at work. It worked till like 830. And then I was like, geez. Like, so man. did you guys get sit down and record a first so podcast? We've recorded one. It's everywhere. Like we go every direction and we're trying to keep it short. What's the podcast going to be about? <laughs> um, it's more fitness and lifestyle. Fitness, like okay, yeah. okay, that makes sense. More so that, and uh, yeah, Mitch, it's, Mitch, Mitch knows some stuff, which is my guy. Yeah, Mitch also yeah. has some opinions, and uh, does, I fucking yeah. love him, man. I fucking it's love so him. funny. He'll come over, we'll have a, a beer and a cigar, and he'll yeah. be going to off about his opinions, and it makes me fucking laugh. Oh, it's man. absurd. Oh, he's so funny. Yeah, dude, it's uh, it'll be fun, but I'll uh, yeah, I'll uh, definitely be in touch with you about that one because i think uh, you as a guest on it the vibe would be pretty pretty hilarious yeah yeah anytime man so anytime. that'd be, that'd be a blast. that's what i like doing so that's no nice. big deal awesome buddy well i'll let you get to it i uh, really appreciate your time uh being on the show everything you do for the fitness cycling community skiing community and uh it's cool man i really appreciate your time and uh what you do and for being on my show thanks man thanks yeah man no problem so we'll be in touch and i hope to bike with you soon